Well, good morning. Um, what an amazing start. I was thinking, should I just not bother this morning and let my husband carry on? Because he's kind of preached most of my message anyway. Um, so the Lord obviously wants to tell us something. So, yeah, so, yeah, thank you. So, this morning, um, I've got a lot to get through, actually. Um, so I'm hoping it's all going to make, make a bit of sense. So who's heard of the wall of answered prayer? Yeah, well, it's basically the idea of someone called Richard Gamble, and it's made up of lots of bricks, and every brick represents an answered prayer. So, you know, he's been, this thought process has been going on for 18 years. You know, he really felt this is what he wanted to do. But it was 10 years later before God told him, now's the time to start preparation. So he needed £45,000 just to start the preparation and the work towards getting it started, not even to start it. And the day before he was due to need this money, he only had half the money. And then the money came in on the day. You know, sometimes God does things not in our timing, you know, and when we push through things, sometimes it's just not good. We have to wait on the Lord. Um, so, when the Lord tells us to do something, it's in his hands. And our part of that is to stay close to him, to listen to him, be guided by him and rest. His timing isn't always what we expect, but he definitely knows best. We just need to carry on trusting, praying, believing and walking in faith because he sees the bigger picture. Now, interestingly, this Richard Gamble said that more happened when he sat and rested with the Lord than when he pushed through and tried to do it in his own strength. And he said the Lord actually told him that his job was to rest. Now, we hear that often, don't we? Be still and know that I'm the Lord. And also in Ecclesiastes 8, it says, where it, um, don't be hasty to leave the presence of the king, because where the word of the king is, there is power. Now, there's definitely power where our king is. Yeah. It's still not always easy, is it, to make that choice, to not try and do things on our own, but to actually stop and rest and trust. And we try to do it in our own, our own steam, so to speak. But God already knows our needs. Now, interestingly, over this last two weeks, I've learned a huge lesson um, because normally I'm a very busy person. I work during the week and I have a certain amount of time that I allocate and I say, I'm all yours, Lord. Let's get this ready. Let's go for this. Let's prepare. You know, and he always comes through. He always does. And it's such an amazing experience because I'm fully reliant on him because I can't do it. Um, and it's such a wonderful time. But this last two weeks has been really strange and I've really learned a lot because I finished at work and I thought, right, I'm going to prepare for two weeks time, which is today. And I'm trying to get my head around it and I could not get myself into it. I had some thoughts and I'd write them down, but nothing came, nothing felt comfortable, nothing felt right. And then a couple of days ago, you know, I was saying, I don't know what to do, Lord. I don't know what to do. And then we just did it together. And I thought, it's too late. 
I missed a week and a half of rest that I should have had because I was trying to do it in my own steam and I just couldn't do it. I could not think where I was going. And it was just such a big lesson to me. And the whole point of that is we don't have to strive. The Lord knows what we need. He even knows that we need that rest. He rested on the seventh day and he's God. You know, we need to rest and rest with him. I think of my kids. I know what my kids need. I always give them what they need. And most of the time I give them what they want. You know, I just love it when they come to me. I love it when they say, Mom, you know, and I, I just, you know that voice, don't you? You know that, Mom. And it's, oh, it just gives me such pleasure to bless them. And God's like that with us. Yeah, he loves it when we just come into his presence and say, Lord, you know, can I just sit with you? You know, we don't have to say, Lord, I need this, I need that, I need the other. He knows what we need. He loves us and he just loves to bless us. If your father, and this is going into what Costas was talking about earlier, if your father owned a big company, you know you have an inheritance, don't you? We do. We have an inher- a heavenly inheritance. If, you were, if your father owned that company, he would want you to learn everything about the company. And he would probably want you to learn from the very basics all the way up to the top. And he wouldn't expect you to do that on your own. He would send you someone who could train you through that. And we have that. We, Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit to do exactly that with us, to show us what to do, to show us the authority that he's given us. And he's given us the word of God. We belong to him and we also have his protection. And we can't always see around us what's going on in the, in the heavenlies. But it reminds me of a story in Elisha, in, of Elisha in Two Kings. The Syrian army had surrounded the city and the servant of Elisha woke up and said, Elisha, we're surrounded. What are we going to do? Panic, panic, panic. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And he opened his eyes. And when he looked, all of the hills were filled with horses and chariots of fire. They were surrounding Elisha. They were protecting Elisha. And the, and the servant couldn't see it. And sometimes we have to have that faith, knowing that God is our protector. We can't always understand what's going on in the spiritual, but we can be assured that something is. Yeah. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Now, notice the focus isn't on staying in the valley. It's you're walking through the valley and we're not alone. And we don't have to live in fear because God is with us. We live in a messed up world. Yeah, let's be honest. It's full of sin. But Jesus said in John 15, you do not belong to the world. I have chosen you out of this world. When we walk on mud, it sticks to our feet. It doesn't make us part of the mud. We wash it off. And that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. We're in the world. We're in the middle of all this sin. But that sin doesn't stick to us because by his blood, he's washed it off. 
Yeah? So in the meantime, while we're in this world, we have our teacher, we have our guide, our comforter, our healer, our provider, our protector of our souls. How wonderful. How wonderful to know that. And I love what Jesus said in John 16. He said, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. Because in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. He's overcome the world. And he sent his Holy Spirit in us. So what does that make us? Overcomers. We are overcomers too. One John, and if you're not sure about that, 1 John 5 says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Everyone who loves the Father also loves those born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commands are not burdensome, because everyone born of God overcomes the world. There's your proof. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now I'm going to skip forward very slightly. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. That's our promise. That's almost like saying that's our focus at the end of that valley. We know we have an inheritance. We know we have its coming, but we also have authority now. But our focus is getting through. We have an end goal. Our end goal is we've got an eternity with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. There may be valleys, yeah. But we've overcome them because Christ has and he's in us. Look at the Apostle Paul. And I I just, this guy is amazing, isn't he? He was shipwrecked, beaten, accused, rejected, jailed. But he knew with all of his heart that Christ was with him. He stood up for what he believed and he knew the gospel of love was worth repeating and telling everybody about because he wanted this hurting world to be saved, even if it meant the end of his own life. And incidentally, Jesus said there is no greater love than those who lay down his life for another. So what I'm trying to say is bad stuff does happen, yes. But as Christians, we can pray for change. We can pray for healing. We can pray for protection. We can pray for miracles. And we can change the atmosphere. We know that all things work for good of those who love the Lord. When Paul was beaten and thrown in prison, he prayed and he sang hymns and the prison doors flew open. When we pray and praise and worship, we can change the atmosphere. He proved it. The thing I love about this story of Paul was the jailer. When the jailer saw that the doors had flew open, in those days, the Roman soldier would have been held responsible and taken the place of the prisoner. So he was terrified. Paul says, wait, wait, we're all here. None of us have left. He calmed him down. He shone the light of God. And the guy wanted to be saved. He said, show me how to be saved. It's a reminder, isn't it, that how we behave, what we say, 
how we pray has an enormous impact on those around us. And I love the thing, the, um, the fact that the last thing any jailer would have expected was prayer and praise coming out of a dingy little cell. Yeah. Paul never stopped putting the Lord first, no matter what the circumstances. Have you noticed that the closer we get to God, the more we experience, the more we want? I know that when I felt Holy Spirit, I don't want to move. I don't want to get on. I don't want to get on with the meeting. I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything. I want to sit there and I just want to enjoy the Lord. That's what makes us salt. Having salt makes people thirsty, doesn't it? Yeah. Jesus said in Matthew 5, you are the salt of the earth. Have you ever thought what it means? It's never really struck me very much, but actually I was thinking about it. When we experience the gospel, when we experience Holy Spirit, we become salt because when we share that experience, it's like Julie the other week when she was sharing something that had happened to her, her whole face lit up with joy that this had happened. Yeah, Our experience makes us salty. It makes people want to hear more, just like Costas was talking about this morning. When you start sharing what you know of Christ, that's salt. Yeah, that's salt. Jesus said, whoever hungers and thirsts, he will give living water. So when you actually go out there and you give your testimony and you tell people how much Christ loves you and what you've experienced and that Holy Spirit did this for you and that this miracle happened, that miracle happened, people get thirsty. And Jesus said, when they get thirsty, he will give them living water. So what's our part? Our part is to share our experience. It's to share what we know. I want to experience more miracles, signs and wonders. I'm desperate for it. I'm absolutely desperate for it. Did you know that there's, well, we all know there's a hurting world, yeah? But did you know that in the Bible, it tells us not to be afraid 365 times. That's one for every day of the year. I don't think that's a coincidence, do you? Every day we're told, do not be afraid. Wow, I think that's amazing. I never realized that before. I'm reminded of the story in Mark 4 where the disciples were in the boat and Jesus was asleep and there was a storm and they were just going. Jesus was asleep. He couldn't have, he couldn't have cared about it. He was just resting in God. Yeah, and just going forward, and the storm gets big. storm gets worse. The boat starts being swamped. The disciples are like, oh, not God's in the boat with us, but actually, oh, my gosh, we're going to be swamped. We're going to be drowned. Panic, panic. Wake up, Jesus. Jesus says, be still, be calm. Waves, wind, everything stops. Yeah, and he says, do you, what does he say? Hold on. Uh, why are you afraid? Do you still not have faith? Jesus never leaves us. He's in the boat with us, so to speak. Yeah, He said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Not only that, he's given us authority to calm the storm. As our knowledge of our heavenly inheritance and who we are in Christ grows, so will our confidence to do more things. Confidence to go out and pray for people, not just in a meeting, but in the supermarket, in the queues, at the bus stop. Wherever you may, you may be going, 
the more we pray for people, the more miracles we're going to be seeing. As prayer becomes our lifestyle, and I mentioned this before, I love this little thing. This is not mine. I nicked this off the off Facebook. As prayer becomes our lifestyle, miracles will become our experience. Yeah? Trials and difficulties are just a doorway to our new testimonies. So when you think, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is really tough. What am I going to do? Just think, God has got this. He's an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm going to make this into a testimony. Amen? So we have Holy Spirit and the word of God. The word of God brings us life and it breaks down strongholds. It is a hugely powerful weapon in our hands, as is praise, worship, and prayer. Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Learning and living in the word of God reminds us who we are. It teaches us what God says about us, what he says to us. It encourages us and fills us with faith and hope. It shows us the gifts that we've been given as our inheritance. And it teaches us the authority we have. As our faith grows, did you know that it, that glorifies the Father? And that faith and hope then overflows to those around us. So as we come to the end, I just want to read Psalm 34. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul boasts in the Lord. Let the oppressed hear and rejoice. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man called out and the Lord heard him. He saved him from all his trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, all you saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. So my encouragement for you today is rest. In Jesus' presence, don't be like me and waste 10 days of trying to fight on your own. Rest in the Lord. Ask and receive and take time to enjoy him. He will renew our strength. And one last thought. When Jesus went to Mary and Martha's house, Martha ran around trying to do it all on her own, trying to serve. Mary sat at his feet. When Martha went to Jesus and said, what's going on? Jesus said, she's chosen the right way. So let's get some rest. Let's try not to, to push through in our own steam, but believe that actually we deserve that rest. And the Lord will help us. He will walk us through it. He will show us miracles. And he will do more in his strength than we could ever possibly do in ours. Amen. So I'm going to pray blessing over you. Bless you. Father, I just pray rest on every person here. Father, you say you will renew our strength. So, Father, I pray this week that we will all get such a rest in you, that we will sit at your feet and enjoy your presence, Father, that we will get a fresh anointing, um, a fresh sense of your presence, 
and a fresh, open ear to hear what you're telling us, Lord. And Father, we just thank you that we know we can come to you in all things and that you are there every time. You are our Father and you love us and we are your children. Amen.